song on their nails. It was on the Jimmy Fallon show. And she was like singing nine to five and he was like, I just see you doing this. Like, what are you doing? She's like, oh yeah, like I always do this. Like, <laughs> what? She like literally uses her nails as, uh, well, she's got big ass acrylic. No, that's yeah. what I was about to say. I'm like, I can kind of do it. No, I think it was her and like Patti LaBelle or something like in the seventies in the show. Oh, 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 oh. Well, she redid it and Jimmy Fallon's like, I see you doing this. Cause she's talented as fuck. Exactly. She's like, do you could she like turn to the man? And she's like, do you guys know nine to five? And they were like, oh, I'm uh-huh. <laughs> I was hoping you would ask. And he was, and like, you could tell Jimmy was like, oh my God, you're doing this. Like, <laughs> like in a good way, like, oh, you're about to be blessed. <laughs> it was pretty cute. <laughs> I think he's really cute. He's a good show. Also, I realized something we need to correct. Oh, oh yeah. Was What's it up? me? What happened? No. Remember last week when I was like, if you write in what our mysterious next episode is, we'll give you a shout out. Uh-huh. Does anyone see any issue with that statement? We record a week in advance, so they wouldn't have heard it until after we record this. Oh, no. What? So well, we could still. Oh, that's true. It's we can give them a mystery. shout out for the next yes. one. <laughs> yeah. You'll get a shout out on episode 63. <laughs> or uh, like Instagram or something. We'll make sure you're known. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, it occurred to me at 3 o'clock today. So if any... Wait. We have to know two episodes in advance. For anyone listening so at home. So this Friday, so Friday, the the second, mm-hmm. <laughs> start your guesses. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is already passed by is the time you're passed. listening to this. We're a living time, time capsule. Time <laughs> Yeah. Man, if you think about it, what even is it? <laughs> man. It's not this. <laughs> wow. Okay, listeners. Um, You know what? If you email us with the guess of what episode... 62 is <laughs> before it comes out. So when 61 comes out, which will be <laughs> you, are you in guys the taking past. notes? <laughs> this is a Charlie Day thing. If this I'm is you know what? All in all, if somehow, some way, we get an email from a listener telling us what the topic of episode 62 is before it airs. You are a fucking magician. Yes. End of discussion. This is your praise right now. Yeah. <laughs> we are obsessed with you. But you probably already knew it was coming because you're a magician. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have clairvoyance and <gasps> saw that this was going to happen. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what a flashback. What a flashback. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Sarah, do you want to? I do. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. It's Sinister Sunrise. I am Sarah. I'm Morgan. I'm Aaron. <laughs> I think we're actually supposed to say that every time, even if we forget. We're, isn't it like, you know what? I don't want to talk about. Okay. So if you're confused, welcome. So are we. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our show. Um, <laughs> I hope that picked up. Ah! Was that jelly beans? What was that? It was my ice machine. Oh yeah! I can tell you're a homeowner. You knew your ice machine. Well, sometimes it, like, for whatever reason it gets stuck, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! It's out. Pew. Yep. That's fine. We're used to it. Ah, Roden Joe continues. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have to stop stream of consciousness writing these. Um, climb aboard your sea vessels. Oh God. <laughs> the sinister sunrise ladies are leeward bound to a mysterious stretch of ocean. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Today we are talking about. Captain Morgan, do you want to take the reins on what mm. we're talking about? Oh, wow. In our best <gasps> sea voyage voice. I oh. am honored. 
<laughs> I can't. <clears throat> I almost did a Jack Sparrow, but then you <laughs> Where are you looking? Land wait, ho! Wait, 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 I, I got, got it. Woo! I got it. I got sea it. Ho! <clears throat> oh, there we go. Leg up on chair. Telescope looking out the window. <laughs> it's the Bermuda Triangle. No. No way. No. Shiver me timbers. Oh, <laughs> <up the> starboard <laughs> bow. Turn around. Pirates apparently equal Bermuda Triangle, but yeah, <clears throat> that is one of the possible answers for some of the disappearances. Hey. Um, but wait, let's tell you what it is. Yes. Okay. You don't know. So you're talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. Um, and if you're wondering, I said, screw it, I can't remember what I said. Um, leeward bound means with the wind. Oh, I, okay, you said that, and I was like, are you I, making words up? Like, what? possible, <laughs> but no, I googled um, sailing terms just for this section. All I know is um, port and starboard and bow, yeah, and stern and motor, <laughs> <laughs> and the turny, the wheel. The steering wheel. And now everyone can drive a boat. You're welcome. <laughs> Feel free to use this on your boating exams. But what uh, I learned in boating school yeah. is... <laughs> Do not listen to Sinister Sunrise about Woo. boating. Woo. Um, because you will get you sunk in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh-oh. Which covers about 500,000 square feet of space. Damn. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. Um, do you guys... <laughs> Do you guys want to take a stab at how many square feet the Atlantic Ocean is? Just the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, just that little like just thing. Little One thing. million. <laughs> cool, cool. Aaron, any guesses? How much was the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> just repeat, just for reference. No repeaties. <laughs> it's a five hundred times my house. Five. Thousand. <laughs> Wait, five hundred thousand times my house. Oh my god! You guys probably think I'm spoiled. I do not live in a mansion. Oh my god! I just bought a Good new night. hundred thousand square foot. Good house. night. I'm out of here. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. Um, it is thirty-one million eight hundred thirty thousand um, square miles. <laughs> not so I was like a little off. Like just the hot skin miles. Couple. Yeah, just a few. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so big. I had to look at well, hold on. I don't know. Okay. So with the seas that flow into it, mm-hmm. it's closer to 41 million. And that is square miles, not square feet. Oh. Um, and I did the math, um. I think, but no, I don't think. Okay. So this is why my number is wrong. Oh. There's no way this can be right. Um, one foot equals zero point <clears throat> zero zero one eight nine three nine three nine four miles. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> which, if my calculations are correct, which I do not think they are, is sixty thousand square feet. No. So the ocean is smaller than the Bermuda Triangle. No. I don't believe you. You don't think that's right? If you do the math and you can let me know what that is, cool. Guess what? We said we got shock and awe for how big the Bermuda Triangle was. Yes. Times that by a million, maybe 31 million. That's the shock of the ocean. Regardless, <laughs> we're dealing with some large water territory. Yes. Okay. Yeah, what I was trying to get across is 
500,000 square feet sounds huge because I mean it is a big he said 500,000 I thought he said 500 500 square feet no it's it's huge it is 500,000 square feet so I don't know if that is the miles I couldn't exactly understand the difference I don't do math I don't need the exact measurements though because there aren't any really like hard fast lines on where things start and stop like that's what I noticed yeah don't they just pause the ocean and measure it and then put it back in motion or i think they do like the chalk lines that you see on football fields oh you know what now that you say that so it dissolves okay mm-hmm. better for mm-hmm. the environment mm-hmm. yep. no um there is no hard fast lines <laughs> also there's some disagreements on where it really starts and stops um but the most commonly like accepted area for this triangle is the southern tip of florida they're gonna go south to puerto rico and then northeast to bermuda who would have thought Bermuda is part of the triangle? Okay, I cannot continue this episode without it, but <clears throat> like Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama, Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go? Jamaica, all the glory. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> now we are getting sued. <laughs> If that was just a, a, some famous song by some famous people. But. If we sing it a cappella, does that mean we don't have to? I'll have my nails next time. Yeah, come on, Dolly. Um, yes. So apparently some authors will stretch that line all the way out to the Irish coast. Oh. Which is the whole Atlantic Ocean. So maybe. the Bermuda Ocean. Bermuda, yeah. Okay. Um, but for our purposes, that is the triangle area we are talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not just beautiful to visit. It's deadly beautiful. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The slice of sea has had authors Ooh. and just plain normal people to think something sinister is brewing beneath the surface. Oh my god. I've been watching Deadly Women. The, uh, <laughs> the alliteration in that paragraph. Thank you all. Slice of sea. Woo! I got yes. chills. Ooh. Yes. Um, bop, bop, bop. So countless ships and ships and airplanes have disappeared. I believe it's 50 ships and 20 airplanes. Whoa. That's a lot. Um, that's right. Not sunk or crashed. They just disappeared. And there has been infamous writings about this place since Columbus himself sailed to America. Um, But the idea that the triangle was dangerous didn't really catch on until the 1960s, which seems to happen almost every episode. (laughs) I don't know if life started in the 1960s and the rest of it was a simulation. Throwback. Mm. But in the 1960s, someone named Vincent Gaddis wrote the deadly Bermuda Triangle for an article in a pulp magazine called Argosy. Yes, and that's kind of what sparked everyone being like, oh, something is afoot. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> um, so Morgan and Aaron will get into a few infamous cases of disappearances, but I actually really quick. Can we, my theory, aliens. Should have known. <laughs> I shocked. Hear me Shock and awe. out. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out. According to Einstein's theory of relativity. Oh my, we're getting very fancy up in here. <laughs> and I say this with a very minimal understanding of what that really is. I mean, is. Sarah, you don't even like math, so okay. <laughs> You're saying that's going to be an issue? Um, nope. Not at all, ma'am. Continue. <laughs> Tell me now, because of my whole thing. No. Um, Okay, but according to his theory of relativity, he says there's a chance. Ooh. From what I understood, this theory is saying that the laws of physics apply the same everywhere. So when we have that fact on our heads, we can then explain the behavior of objects in space and time. Hold on. 
And it can be used to predict everything like the existence of black holes to maybe blue holes in the ocean. That's what this could be. Mm. Um, sorry, I didn't. So he also theorized that space can be bent using gravitational pulls. So if an extraterrestrial, as some ancient astronaut theorists mm -hmm. suggest, <laughs> um, could get a large charge from one of these areas in the Bermuda Triangle, because it was rumored that Atlantis was there. So maybe that was some kind of power mm -hmm. factory. Mm -mm -mm. Power factory. Damn. Wow. I'm learning a lot. You're learning a lot of nonsense. Uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we don't know. I don't think anyone... Say it with conviction. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have learned the facts. Thank the you. The brass tax facts. Mm -hmm. um, he also theorized that space can be bent using... Oh, sorry. Um, a large charge from being by... They can get to their locations faster if they use that large charge. Large ninja. Mm -hmm. Call me Marge. <laughs> um, <laughs> meaning interplanetary travel could be a heck of a lot more convenient. Why walk when you can take the subway? Through the ocean. <laughs> It'd be a great ride. Um, so this theory is because everything goes missing. So maybe someone accidentally found themselves in this wormhole, or blue wormhole. Especially because people state that they fly through electronic clouds. And time doesn't add up. So they're... Okay. Oh. I'm just like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I forgot to ask. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so like the American pilot, Bruce Gernon, he flew from Miami to Fort Lauderdale or vice versa. Those two towns are involved in 33 minutes and it should have taken a full hour. And during this time he was freaking out just a bit because his air controls weren't working. Traffic control couldn't find him. And he said he had the weirdest sensations. It felt like he was flying through electricity. Ooh. Oh, yes. he made it. He put some weird details in it. I'm giving you what I got. Okay. Um, no, I'm just giving you that. So my money is on aliens, but um, I'll leave it to you guys to convince me otherwise. Cool. All right, all right. All right, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. So um, truly, this was a very great topic for me. Um, I don't remember learning any of the things that I'm about to tell you back in the day, but my topic for today is... Amelia Earhart and I think when I was in like a wee tot elementary school age when like you know computers first were yes yes typing and <laughs> typing class was a thing um we had to like make a brochure and like do research and I'm like 98% sure I did it on her even though there was probably like one fact like she's a woman she's a pilot it's awesome. Like, oh, I learned a lot on this research, but I do really think she is a pretty cool person. And I think after you hear from what I have to say, you will agree. Yes. Um, so here we go. Amelia Earhart, born in 1897. Um, this icon is sadly very much remembered due to her disappearance into the Bermuda Triangle. Dun, dun, dun. It all circles back. It all circles back. Or would you say all triangles back? Mm. However... <laughs> That was accurate. That was so perfect. Yes. <laughs> However, some of uh, of her other memorable moments and achievements include, yeah, we had to go there. <clears throat> Bullet points. One, the one most people know, first female pilot to, to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. But she was an author and even had some bestsellers. Ooh. Awards of distinct <laughs> mm -hmm. awards of <laughs> distinguished flying cross and cross of the French Legion of Honor. Yeah, I don't, 
Fancy. Oh. Helped found the organization of female pilots called the 99s. And then according to blog.bluepress.com, she was the 16th woman in the world to get her pilot's license. So wow. maybe not number one, but still pretty cool. You're in the top. You're a top contender. She's literally mm-hmm. sweet 16. Ooh, girl. Mm, you right. Mm, you mm. right. Um, sadly, though, some of these facts are overshadowed by her disappearance on July 2nd, 1937. History.com states, quote, In its official report at the time, the Navy concluded that Earhart and flight-slash-co-pilot Noonan had run out of fuel, crashed in the Pacific, and drowned. A court order uh, declared Earhart legally dead on January 19th, or excuse me, in January 1939, 18 months after she disappeared. Uh, Wikipedia wow. lists out all of her stops around the world. So if you're interested in like the beginning of her flight and how that happened, it's all listed out. I'm not going to read that to you. <laughs> However, it ends with this to kind of paint a better picture of maybe a timeline for you. So June 25th, she was to be departing Bandowing Dutch East Indies, the East Indies, mm-hmm. delayed due to monsoons. The plane getting repaired, and also Earhart became sick with dysentery. So, like, <sighs> Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. Right? No. Uh, June 26th through June 27th, it was travel, arriving in Quapang, Dutch East Indies, leaving there, heading to Darwin, Australia. And then on June 28th, they had their, quote, direction finder repaired and finally left Darwin heading to Ley, New Guinea. Okay. They were intended to leave Ley and go to Howland Island, but they never arrived. But what if there was more to her disappearance than running out of fuel? With no real evidence of the plane or her body, Insider.com gives some of these theories as to may what have happened to her. She could have landed on the wrong island as she knew she was running low on fuel. This could have led her to becoming a castaway. So maybe she lived on an island and passed away or couldn't survive any of those things or another theory she quote was captured and taken prisoner by the japanese this is a theory um after some photos of a woman resembling Earhart and her co-pilot noonan surfaced mm-hmm. um in the national archives so the picture that they showed it there i couldn't tell who it was i mean it literally just looked like a little like little white body with a little brown speck for oh. hand, but <laughs> it's, it's the timeline of black and white photos so yeah obviously you gotta work Uh, with what you got yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the next theory she was a spy a spy who was shot down by the japanese i don't vibe with this because (laughs) she's not a very good spy if she did all these really cool things and try like a spy that keeps a low profile to me i know sarah i know i see your eyes like but wait i just i think someone that cool wouldn't have wanted to risk not being in the spotlight. Um, what if she's hiding in the spot? I'm mm. saying plain light, but spotlight. You're right. You're right. This kind of goes into another possible theory. She survived and took on a new identity. Ooh. But sadly, we will never know as by today she would be well over 115 years mm. old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it is important to make note, she is not the only person to disappear in the Bermuda Triangle, nor the only plane. abcnews.go.com, quote, 
a slew of airplanes disappeared between the years of 1945 and 1970, including one plane with 32 people on board that were never found. But hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> you might hear that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hence why there's not a lot of details. But interestingengineering.com states there may have uh, there may have not there may not have been a crash. Her radio worked and even her voice was heard. Noted her radio apparently gave off transmission for a week after her, quote, disappearance. Whoa. Apparently her voice coming through at some point saying, quote, we have taken in water. We can't hold on much longer. While after the initial uh, loss led to the, quote, U.S. government spending nearly $4 billion for Amelia's rescue, but none returned a positive outcome. Bones have been found, and the research behind it say they are identical to that of Amelia. So who... So, was she a spy? <laughs> was she really being heard on the radio? Did something else completely unknown happen? <coughs> Aliens? We may never know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mermaids came and took her down. <laughs> we're taking on water. We can't hold on much water. And they came up and we're like, we got you, girl. We heard you're great. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Do you want to join our sorority? Here, we'll, we'll, we'll just drag your plane to the to the nearest island and you can... Yeah. So... Oh, okay. I was like, oh, no, they get her at the bottom. Like, I always forget they need air. Yeah. I always forget. Come on. Let's go play. Oh, shit. No. Another one. Yeah. So, again, lots of possible theories. It was... I've never heard that her voice was heard that long. Mm -mm. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that there was comments on that. I'll I'll have my uh, sources listed. But the one theory that they said where they could hear her, they said there's no way that her plane crashed if they, if her radio was giving transmission yeah, or if they could hear her. If they, he, they said the second that got wet, so oh, they crashed, it'd mm-hmm. be done. Oh. That's so, what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So they could have crashed, cra- crashed it. Wow. Crash landed on land. Land. Okay. But. Okay. I'm not trying to be ignorant. No. So then in that time period, could planes not fly in the rain? No, they could. If, yeah. If it got into the, like, into oh, the was, aircraft, like, if they landed yeah. in the it water and it started to sink. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Got it. So, I mean, technically, I don't know planes back then, but they were built a lot differently. Maybe somehow it was staying afloat for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I think they, they still had some, whatever was made out of, it could still float a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. It gives you, like, not They had those, like, long yeah. legs, too. So maybe it was, like, maybe she did gently land it in the water and it was just floating. Maybe. You know, she was running out of fuel. She kind of knew. Obviously, she was a pretty freaking good pilot. So, yeah. And it's, I would hope, I really hope in my lifetime, obviously, I want it to be supernatural, but I hope at some point in my lifetime that we're able to fully conclude that what happened or Mm -hmm. give her body like a proper burial or like what she deserves. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Erin, I uh, may have a little something a little more scary, a little more sinister. Sad. Oh, definitely, no, definitely sad. <laughs> this will kind of just make you like angry too. So cool. there's a there's a lot of little pieces to it. Great, so great, great. Morgan already kind of touched on it a little bit. So it is a flight disappearance. On the evening of December 27th, 1948, 28 year old Captain Robert Lindquist landed a Douglas DC three aircraft at San Juan Airport in Puerto Rico. The plane had traveled from Miami and was only planning on stopping for a short time before heading out for the next flight. However, when Lindquist landed the plane, he realized that the warning light indicator um, on the landing gear had not come on. Ooh. 
22-year-old co-pilot Ernest Hill completed routine checks of the plane, and stewardess Mary Burks helped see passengers off while the grounds crew arrived to complete inspections. They discovered that the DC-3's battery was weak and running low on water, so they filled it up but told Lindquist it would take several hours for the battery to completely recharge. Hmm. And Lindquist was like, I like your plan, except it sucks. <laughs> so, so let me do the plan, and that way it would be really good. Cool, cool. <laughs> Do you know what that quote's from? I try. No. What is that from? Infinity Wars. Had girl, you in there. are talking to the wrong girl. I know you are. I thought maybe Sarah. Peter Quill. Chris Pratt. I thought you just made it up and I was no. like, damn, Aaron. No. She is pretty blue-like. Anyway. Yeah. All the facts just stick to her, all the jokes. Oh, <laughs> totally. Ooh, she did it. So. Don't call me or I won't stop making puns. <laughs> So Linguist apparently wasn't about it, and he decided that instead of waiting for the battery to charge on on land, he would just charge up the batteries from the plane's generator while it was en route to Miami. Oh, is he a middle-aged white man? He's 28 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, are we middle-aged? No. <laughs> no. Back then, maybe. Oh, I gotta hold my heart. Oh. Wow, so he real dumb. <clears throat> he's well i can't i didn't put the exact amount of time he's flown like he flew a lot okay he's like a he is risky ha- though yeah I-, I hope yes okay. there's okay. other things coming up as well oh oh wonderful okay by 8 30 p.m the aircraft the crew and its 29 passengers were ready for takeoff Linquist taxied the plane down runway 27, but it had yet another setback. According to BermudaAttractions.com, since the battery was so low, the radio transmitter wasn't working properly. Oh, shit. So Linguist spoke <laughs> with the chief of aviation of the Puerto Rican Transportation Authority, who just met him at the end of the tarmac, and he informed the guy that he could receive messages, the aircraft could receive them, uh, but he was unable to send messages out to the control tower. So the control towers were not getting anything. So reason number two so far. Not Seems like why? Okay. Mm-hmm. I see no issue. Okay. Right. I'm keeping score. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, about like an hour and a half later, kind of passes, um, but the plane was cleared for flight. However, not on its original flight plan just yet. Oh. Linquist was told to stay close to San Juan until they could determine that the two-way communication was working properly. Okay. Well, so he... So one check back. Okay. Yes, so he circles around, make sure they, you know, the batteries generate enough. Are there and then people they have... on it this time or just the pilot? No, no, no. There are people. Oh, okay. I think I think I've heard of planes kind of doing this. <laughs> Not necessarily for all this stuff, but like well, they'll circle if they while they circle like, around have to wait or land. wait, yeah, yeah, but not so in this not case, to it's the other way. Safety. Well, yeah, my mom's flight had to do that. Like she was coming from Florida to St. Louis. And if you're not from the area, um, like Kentucky's in between. Yes. And so there was a, a storm and they had to land in Kentucky. So they yeah. went circle a bit. But that's for safety to this land. Yes. This is very much the opposite. Cool. And he circled for like just 11 minutes. And then he reported to the control tower that the aircraft was heading to Miami as scheduled. <gasps> And that would be the last time San Juan would receive radio communication from the DC-3, even though they tried numerous times to communicate with the flight. Cool, 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 cool. At 11.23 p.m., Linquist sent a routine radio transmission regarding his flight position to the Overseas Foreign Air Route Traffic Control Center at Miami, about 700 miles away at that point. 
The plane was flying at 8,500 feet, which was in accordance with flight regulations, and it was determined that the DC-3 would land in Miami around 4.05 in the morning. The Miami Tower did receive some like sporadic transmissions here and there, but all of them that they did get were just described as routine messages. When the plane was 50 miles south of Florida and only 20 minutes or so from landing, Lindquist sent another radio transmission about his flight position, but this message didn't make it to the Miami radio tower. It somehow was received by the New Orleans control tower that was 600 miles away. What? Cool, cool. I don't know. (laughs) And they attempted to reach out to the aircraft, but they were unsuccessful, so they just forwarded the transmission to the Miami tower. Okay, at least they did that. Yes. So... Miami was aware, but of course they couldn't reach out. So, and this ended up being the last message any control tower received from the DC-3. It presumably just vanished into thin air. The United States Coast Guard was alerted to the aircraft's disappearance and an extensive search was immediately conducted. The U.S. Navy, the 5th Rescue Squadron of the U.S. Air Forces, and hundreds of other civil aircraft were assigned to the search, which spanned the waters of San Juan all the way to the Florida Peninsula. I have a little picture. Kind of shows how far they were going. I don't have the square feet, but... (laughs) Don't look at me for square miles. Above and beyond. Oh, that is a large search. Yeah. They went, like, all over into different islands. We will post that image. I will will actually download the good one, but, yeah. yeah. I just took that off of my phone. It's pretty... That's a... That's a a search, man. And it's over so much water. Like, it's not just that straight line. It's... Mm-mm. Like a box around it, too. Like, yes. Oh, no. Yes. Okay, so. okay. A ground search of the north coast of Cuba was also carried out, but it turned out to be pretty difficult due to the jungle and mountain terrain. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Even though over 1,300 plane hours were flown during the six-day search, no trace of the aircraft or its passengers were discovered. Interestingly, on January 4th, 1949, two bodies were found a little over 50 miles south of Cuba, but it is not known if these people were passengers on the missing DC-3 flight. I guess it was not determined. Yeah. Um, Okay. I feel like we should know by now, but okay. No no idea. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that means if they're not able to determine it. Hmm. It was 49, so... (laughs) 1949. <laughs> okay, you write though. You yeah. Okay. They didn't even have air conditioning yet, did they? That's a great question. Sarah, I don't know. I no. Good call. Good his, call. History is. I'm learning so much right now. Like that's what. Hello. I'm like lean. Like oh really? Like this that. Uh huh. Oh wait no. And for if they have planes, take it out. Take it out. <laughs> they it probably in. don't have as good as air conditioning as we did today. Mm-hmm. I'll, that's true. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the 20s, like when they would chip the ice off and be like, oh, it's hot in here. So it's just, yep. <laughs> Back to you, Aaron. We've come a long way, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> while, <laughs> while the Civil Aeronautics Board conducted an investigation of the aircraft's disappearance, people came up with their own theories for what they believed happened to the DC-3. So some think that the plane may have like just exploded, but this theory doesn't have much to back it up. Like, no one in or near Florida heard an explosion that morning. And according to BermudaAttractions.com, like, the water in the Florida Keys is pretty shallow. So you'd think that debris left over from the explosion should have been discovered. Mm -hmm. So I don't really 
believe that. Others believe that Lindquist was flying off course and didn't realize it until it was too late, while the weather was pretty clear with just some like scattered clouds here and there. The wind had changed directions. Both the Miami and New Orleans radio towers confirmed that they sent the DC-3 a transmission at 12.15 that morning, alerting the aircraft that the wind direction had changed from northwest to northeast. Neither station obviously received a response back from Lindquist. Even if the battery had been charged, the faulty transmissions could have easily resulted in, you know, these missed messages. Mm. Yeah. Since he didn't respond, he may not have known about the wind changing direction, and he could have been blown 40 to 50 miles south off course, eventually running out of gas and crashing into the water below. So this is why the search spanned so just a wide range of an area. Um, They were also conducted in like Cuba, the Everglades, and parts of the Gulf of Mexico. So they went like all around. Heck yeah. Some believe... The plane did crash into the Gulf of Mexico, which may have dispersed the debris and bodies. But this theory also isn't like super solid because of Lindquist's uh, last known transmission. So if we are to believe that it is accurate and he was like on course, Mm -hmm. then the DC-3 was located 50 miles south of Florida and seemingly gearing up to land soon. So it seems like... Again, if that is correct, then he did figure out the direction of the wind had changed either on his own or he did receive that message since he did say he was getting them. Yeah. So um, either way, it seemed like he was able to get back on that flight plan. But information from the CAB says otherwise. So according to their report that later came out, um, at the time the last transmission was intercepted, the flight had flown for about six hours and 10 minutes, and it only had fuel for seven and a half hours of flight. So it couldn't make sense that if he did get turned around and he wasn't in the right area and he like realized it last minute, then he only had like a little over an hour to figure out like that mistake and land somewhere before running out of fuel, which is pretty terrifying. I'm not feeling good. Yes. <laughs> Who else is terrified to get on a commercial flight right now? <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be flying at the end of the month. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty terrifying. Especially like, God, the passengers like don't know what's happening yeah, at all. Like they're like, oh, you're in Florida. <laughs> it's fine. What yeah. else you got? Others obviously say the DC-3 is just another casualty of the Bermuda Triangle, which is a hotspot for planes and boats to go missing. Mm -hmm. The CAB released their accident investigation report on July 15th, 1949, which contains some other interesting information regarding the aircraft itself. It had several um, inspections in the previous two years and was noted to be capable of flight. Both engines had to be replaced in November 1948, but after conducting a 19-hour in-flight test from like Miami to New Jersey and back, it was determined that the DC-3 was airworthy. The company's maintenance records, however, were like incomplete uh, or just lost entirely for some things. Uh... Like at some point, apparently new batteries have been installed. And um, in a separate case, in October 1948, a faulty engine had been repaired, but there was, like, no record of this maintenance. It was Solid. never found. Yeah. Solid. All right. So lots of engine problems. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Re- and a risky guy. Like, whoo. All right. We're yes. Just, uh... Yeah. I don't want Indiana Jones as my commercial flight pilot. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Also, do they not waste just as much time flying around the island 
and getting all these permissions if he would have just waited for it to get. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why it mattered it's getting there par- a bit quicker. <laughs> it's a parable of like, the turtle always wins the race, like slow and steady. Yeah. The turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get there. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Regarding the hours before the incident happened, the crew of the DC-3 filed an, um, just like a flight plan from San Juan to Miami with the flight information clerk at the airport and Lindquist apparently said that they were good to go, even though obviously the warning light indicator hadn't been fixed and the plane's batteries were low. <laughs> But once the flight information clerk learned the aircraft's battery issue, the flight plan became invalid. So this was before they had left. Okay. When Lindquist was advised to stay near San Juan until the batteries were fully charged. Again, he did so for only a few minutes. And then he contacted the airport control tower, but they actually never received the message. It was intercepted by uh, some communications at San Juan. And the flight reported that it was unable to contact the control tower but they were heading to Miami as scheduled on the flight plan, even though a new one hadn't been filed. Okay. So he was just going. Why? Like, what? That's weird. Yeah. What urgency? In, like, for what? I'll have, like, I found the whole entire report. Um, it's not super duper long, because, again, there's not a whole bunch of evidence to go over since they don't have anything. But, uh, yeah, it goes over, like, what he might have been thinking. Like, maybe he thought since, oh, it's okay. like. It's fine. The flight plane was just back on. He didn't have to, you know, sign, you know, get another one filed. I don't know. Or what's like a British rom-com, like the love of my life is about to marry another man (laughs) tomorrow. I have to get someone on this flight back to Florida. We can't wait a single second. (laughs) Their life is waiting. Yes. Drama. Yes. At the time the DC-3 departed the San Juan airport, the plane was 118 pounds over the allowable limit <laughs> as well. So that, do, that does not help. Four. We are at least at strike number four. There are a lot of strikes. <laughs> With no physical evidence and no trace of the aircraft, the uh, CAB cannot determine the cause of the flight's disappearance. As with most incidents that happen in the Bermuda Triangle, the case of this missing flight remains unsolved today. There was, okay, I swear I saw it somewhere else and I couldn't find it. So this is what Wikipedia says. I guess take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it's a different plane. But a plane similar to the DC-3 was discovered in the Bermuda Triangle by divers. I think like very recently, like either mm-hmm. 2020, a couple of years ago, some some crazy like that. Okay. Um. So while maybe it could be the missing 1948 flight, um, it's unable to be verified. I think they need like parts and registrations and all that yeah. stuff yeah. from a plane from that long ago. So they just can't determine whether it actually is that plane unless from that flight or not. Never mind. I had a really dark thought. Never mind. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. What if, unless there's like 32 bodies in it? <clears throat> you want to say it louder for everyone at home to get <laughs> Unless sad? there's 32 bodies in it. I don't know. Or maybe 30. Maybe two got out. Yeah, probably the captain and his first mate. Yeah. They left everyone else. Because remember, he has to get to Florida at any cost. He's like, I'm going to swim. I'm swimming. Mm -hmm. Just ended up in Costa Rica. Wait. Where were the bodies? The two bodies found? Oh, uh, like 50 miles south of Cuba or something like that. Yeah. He ended up there and said, I'm coming for you. (laughs) Like, what the? Yes. So that one, I think there were a lot of other, other factors at play. 
than aliens or anything else. Oh, any yes. uh, any other theories you have to offer? Maybe I don't know. E- I have a what? Hmm. Yes, my my brain is going so fast. But mm-hmm. even if the two bodies that were found near Cuba were from that flight, mm-hmm. that's still very small amount for thirty two people on this. Flight. Like if people started jumping, like you'd think more than two, or like if it crashed and people got out, more than two. Like where are the where are the rest? Yeah. And if they're not, oh. and if they're not, and if those two people weren't from the flight, then where, where's the people? Like where, where, what happened? It's a great question that I unfortunately don't have an answer to. Oh, but Sarah, do you have any answers? Any insight? Oh, I do. Ladies. Oh God. All right. Bring it home. Are you <laughs> ready no. to get serious? Oh, yes. What if I told you uh-huh. this devil's triangle? Ooh. I did practice this at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not supernatural at all. <gasps> what? Instead, there could be geophysical and factors of the environmental variety <laughs> to blame. Mm-hmm. Howdy, partner. I'm locked and loaded, ready to learn. <laughs> Basically... There could be a normal answer to any of these problems. Are you interested or do you want to stay supernatural? I want to know what happened yeah. to Amelia, so let's go. Okay, yep. well first. Give me the facts. First, we got to make sure our pits of doom are ready. All so right. has yes. everyone buckled in? You betcha. Has yeah. everyone put on their antiperspirant? Mm-hmm. I have. Did you use Zero Sweat? I sure did. <laughs> oh, thank God. Did you use the Sinister Sunrise Code? Uh, The only way to get it. <laughs> the Sinister Code. Or the... I was so, I was practicing, I was trying. Morgan can say it, what is it? Yeah, if you use the code SINISTER at checkout at zerosweat.com, you will get 20% off of a $15 purchase or more. Um, You know, nervous people, I was, when I'd get nervous, I would sweat more right before a big interview, presentation, or if you're just an excessive sweater in general, this shit is for you. Put it on your pits at night, you wake up nice and dry. So again, SINISTER. Um, at checkout at zerosweat.com to get 20% off of a $15 purchase or more. All right, Sarah, my pits are dry. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, so skeptics over the years have put forth a few theories. One, human error. Mm-hmm. So maybe the pilots didn't account for the agonic line. Agonic line? Have you, uh, wow. So Why didn't they think of that? <laughs> um, and this is a place... <laughs> I mean, fools. <laughs> this is a place um, on Earth. I think you mean yellow belly. Little lips. <laughs> My spurs have more sense than that. Um, this town ain't big enough for the Agalonian line and me. <laughs> whoa, oh whoa, God. whoa. All right, I'm holstered. I'm holstered. Yeah, put them away. The... The line, it's a place it's a place on Earth where there is no need to account for magnetic compass variations. I don't know what I thought you were gonna say. Anyway, go ahead. What what'd you think of? I don't know, like like less gravity or something. Because <laughs> of the blue holes. Yeah. Um, because nothing is easy. Magnetic north is not the same as true north. Mm-hmm. Ah. And magnetic north is moving about 35 miles per year to the northwest. Cool. Oh. Everyone feel safe. Get, update your mm-hmm. compasses. 
Which I will say, if you wanted to argue that the Bermuda Triangle is moving, that could maybe account for some of the theories that it's not. Maybe that's why stuff's popping up. Maybe that's why it's being found. Oh, that's, yeah. Like it's on like just the outskirts and if the line yeah, moves, like, like then if it. If you're in this little triangle, even if like you, even if I swam in there, I couldn't see what was, you know, going on. But if you, but like if, if the triangle moves. It's just like WandaVision, you guys. Hey, yeah. I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> An electric cloud around a town and no one on the inside can see out. No one on the inside can see in. Mm-hmm. From the yeah, outside like... looking in, you would never understand. <laughs> From the inside looking out, you can't explain it. <laughs> 30 people feel me on that. Boom, 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 boom. My brain is, wow, imploding. <laughs> So magnetic north is what ships use and radar use. So if pilots or captains didn't account for this, then that would be quite an issue. Yeah. You'd be a little off course. Um, You'd end up in Cuba instead of Florida. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to get to the wedding. (laughs) Um, So I believe human error is possible, but I think if you know you're flying over the Bermuda Triangle, would you not like mentally check that box? Like, oh yeah, this is a different compass way to use things or different way to use a compass. Yeah. I mean, you you're think. got a pilot license for a reason. I mean, I'd hope. Well, like, when I went to Ireland, I mentally checked that I had to drive on the opposite side of the road. I then did mentally and physically pop a tire, but mm-hmm. not the point. Sarah. Anyway, so I think human error is possible, but I don't think that would explain everything. Correct. Two, rogue waves. So apparently the waters by Bermuda can be really rough. Like, it was one of the most hated ports for fishermen for eras and eras. Um, and also, for the le- well, hold on, I'll wait a second. No, I won't I'll say it now. The Gulf of Mexico, there's some kind of flow because the Mexi- the Mexican Gulf. Oh, you can say that. Yeah. Whoa. Um, the Gulf of Mexico. I'm getting sweaty. Speaking of antiperspirant. <laughs> no, you're not. You're just getting warm. Warm. Warm like the triangle, not the devil's triangle. Oh, my God. So the Gulf flows into the Atlantic Ocean, and it's cold weather. So I guess that leads to a lot of, like... The tides be a change in. Yes. And also like hurricanes and stuff. It's pretty common right there because it's all mixing. It's a mixing pot. Yeah. Monsoons. Well, she wasn't really in the Bermuda Triangle when that happened, but yeah, in Indies, but still. Yes. Um. Okay. Methane hydrates. That sounds gross. Am I wrong? You don't hydrate yourself with methane? Well, on the weekends, but... Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just checking, we're still around. Um, okay, so a natural form of gas has been found in large quantities underneath the Bermuda Triangle area, and these type of bubbles have been tested and proven that they can sink large ships and pull them to the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, and the Gulf Stream of water coming from the Gulf to the ocean, it would ensure that a quick sinking vessel would then be pulled to the bottom and far away mm-hmm. at a very rapid pace. It's also been called mud volcano theory, which I got from Wikipedia, so <laughs> hold on to that. Um, which sounds terrifying because basically these big methane gases, they cause large amounts of mud, water, and gas to shoot up towards the surface, mm-hmm. which then, you mentioned gravity dropping, it drops the density of water, which means boats can't float the same. So they literally can go down, like any plane that crashed into the water will sink within we'll a just minute. sink, yeah. They said 45 seconds. Why, yes, why I had heard about this. Real? Yeah. What is this? Why did anyone ever fly over or swim it or boat it or anything? They do still quite a bit. Yeah. 
Um, oh my God, we need to put a cargo ship and block that shit off. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 Had you topical. <laughs> um, I will say, I don't know if this has like been proven, proven. This is why this is just one of the theories put forth because no, like, it's pretty is... deep. No one's going to go and like, look. So they have like, this is where my mind went. Submarines can go pretty freaking low, but not, you know, they'll start literally like caving in by from the pressure if they mm-hmm. go too low. Mm-hmm. Sonar and things like that, like they do like even on land, like ground penetrating sonar to pick like find bodies and stuff or rocks. I could have said rocks. Anyway. We've <laughs> been doing this podcast too long. Find bodies. <laughs> bodies. Anyway. Hopefully as technology gets better, maybe we could even like slowly do deeper better scans like if you could do like a scan of the ocean and it would show kind of like a rough shape of what it is like maybe you could start to see stuff like deeper and deeper because like like you said if it makes them sink and then because of the waves and stuff underneath Mm -hmm. you know shoots them off in a different direction right maybe we could do like an aerial sonar thing and like find a bunch of boats the planes people trains automobiles (laughs) i'm trying to say mermaids (laughs) Well, their place is secret. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. They know how that happens. Yeah. But no, they did. Um, a diver found something that looks like human built structures and like streets in the Bermuda Triangle. And they're trying to argue with Atlantis. And everyone's like, that's not Atlantis. It comes from the sea. Back and forth. I want to believe in magic. So I think it's Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Number four. Humans love a good story. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. We do mm-hmm. love a story. That's why we're telling one. The magazine called Argosy, which is that first uh, magazine that ran the story in the 1960s, was mm-hmm. a pulp magazine, meaning it was like a fiction story magazine. Oh. Mm. So there is a chance that the author took pieces of work that already existed because there had been reporting since the 1950s and made a fanciful story that has captured our opinions for years. <laughs> it's the hand for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, some details have changed throughout history, like on Flight 19. That was the one with the five pilots, mm-hmm. and they got off track, and they couldn't yep. find any of them. And then the rescue ship also disappeared. That's what got me. I was like, you know. Anyway. Dun, dun, dun. So some of the details on that are said to have been um, misquoted. Like, I guess he said something, like the main pilot, it's quoted that he said, don't come for me. It's like I'm going to Mars or I'm going to space. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, at some point, the pilots were close to land and someone reached out to come out and find them. But it's thought that the pilot kind of thought he was back on track at this point. He's like, okay, cool. And then the pilot said, don't come after me because like, don't come out here. Like we're getting it figured out. We're cool. Ah. But then someone else when explaining the situation said they had vanished. It's like they flew away to Mars. So some writer like just put these two put it together. together. Okay. Mm. okay. Okay. I mean, they also could have flown to Mars, which would be super freaking cool. Um, <laughs> Sarah's like, why was I for that? <laughs> or the rescue one? Ugh. I just want to see something supernatural, so that I can like know, like, okay, because I feel like if yep. one thing is real, then I can believe in all of it for sure. Like I've seen. We just need to keep hanging out with me. We went to the limp though, and I was. <laughs> you were wanting to see my something. Eyes open. Yeah. You, yeah. I envy you. <laughs> eh, a couple times I wouldn't, but it, you know, it's cool. Fair enough. <laughs> I was just thinking, maybe I wouldn't want to always know. I just want to know once. Once, once. Mm. 
So as I alluded in the beginning, the lines where the triangle starts and stops isn't well defined. And so people have been attributing disappearances where they may not have actually had anything to do with this area. Because ships do go missing all the time. Yeah. The biggest proof for me, the nail... Am I even going to say that? Whatever this mystery is insurance. Girl, what? (laughs) I'm in HR. Let's get boring for one second. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) So insurance rates for planes and ships that travel in the Bermuda Triangle is the same, if not very similar, to any other ships and planes. Okay. So, you know, it's still a very highly traveled area for business and leisure. And (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't know how much you know about insurance companies. Very minimal. Well, they want their money. They don't. Oh, yeah. It's like an investment company. They're not going to just. They, uh, we need our money. They come Mm -hmm. a-knocking. Um, if you want to know about insurance companies, watch Adam Ruins Everything, the insurance episode. Ooh. Mind-blowing. Damn, bro. He does ruin the whole world. I was like, God damn. Um, anyway, so they want their money. Like most insurance companies, they're not going to be charities. They are red-blooded American coming after your money companies. <laughs> um, so the rates being the same says a lot to me. Like they're just as insurable as anything else. Okay. And when doing a comparison of other sinkings and other parts of the oceans, the Bermuda Triangle is really no different than other cases. The mystery is always they're vanishing. They're not sinking. So, like, yes, Mm -hmm. ships and stuff crash everywhere. But, like, you're always – something pops up. You're like, oh, okay, like, this makes sense. So, like, these have always, I think, stuck in everyone's mind because where is it? Yes. Yeah. And unless a blue hole's real, like you, I really don't like know. Like, you find it, like, they find it off the coast of a, an island, or like, a couple years later at most. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. And it does, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help that back in the day, like, tracking wasn't as good. And like mm-hmm. now it's like, bro, like, we would pretty much know, like, immediately if a plane stopped getting, receiving a signal, like, True. where they yeah. were, all of that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're disappearing, <laughs> unless aliens cause an electric cloud <laughs> I, that throws off the stuff, they sink to the bottom of the ocean, get swept out like a laundry chute. Um, and that's it. So in short, extraterrestrials are using this area as a subway terminal. And um, <laughs> we keep walking in front of the carriers on accident. Tails all this time. Maybe that's why there's no bodies found. Like maybe they, they the aliens, zap like, them protect up. Protect them. Yeah. Or they like, they, the, the bodies go in the blue hole and then the ships and shit get sucked out. And go wherever. They live in more into the ocean. Amelia, if you can hear us. <laughs> that's the portal to be a mermaid. You have to go through the blue hole. I, I gotta go. <laughs> Get my keys! <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. But yeah, I don't know. Unless they're really just somewhere in the ocean that isn't anywhere close to when they disappeared. I don't know. No one really knows. No. Ooh, I don't. It's fun I, to speculate, though. <laughs> but the more I kept learning, I was like, okay, this all, it's like Ray Rivera. Like, it almost makes sense, but there's still these big questions of, like, but that doesn't explain everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even people who put forth these theories are like, this is probably it, but I don't know. Like, like I'm not going to just think it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you would prove. Unless really? you yeah. a flight and go test it. Or unless you, like, mm-hmm. find the literal laundry chute that everything ends up in. Like, mm-hmm. Tr- mm-hmm. It's somewhere. Wow. They just don't know where. All of you smart people start figuring this out. Measure the waves that Sarah talked about, (laughs) how it would affect the angles of the triangle, and project the the 
amount of force that the waves give off, how much a plane from the 1940s weighs, and figure out where it would have been projected. It's not that hard. Get it together, people. Sheesh. Do you want to <laughs> shout out or not? <laughs> First person to find Amelia's plane. Shout out. And Sorry. a sticker. I'll give you a yeah, sticker yeah. for that. <laughs> a holographic one. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Cool. I like our group episodes yeah. when it's a mystery, but at the same time, like, oh, it's so frustrating. There's no closure. It's like, no. it's like Aaron's frustrating me every week times Sorry. three. <laughs> Literally, it's no closer shared by three people. Mm-hmm. I know I said closer. <laughs> Don't look at me. Now I'm turning red. I can feel it. <laughs> I just was really trying really hard to figure out what you meant. I was like, wait, what? I knew it, yeah. You mean closure? <laughs> I am a closer, okay? I don't need to be closed. I need to be closed. <laughs> as in, let's closer this book in this episode. Yep, yep. <laughs> you can follow us. Go. I had it until you pointed, and then I was like, this is I'm so sorry, much more I'm pressure. Sorry. Um, oh, thank you for listening. This was Sinister Sunrise. Uh-huh. This was Bermuda Tri. God, do you want to do it? I'm sorry, you're doing good. Keep going. This was episode 62. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to shout out and figure out our, t- our topic today, mm-hmm. just write in. If you have topic ideas, write in. Yeah. If we have any corrections like we had today, write in. Just let us know. It is Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Um, you know, we post episode like a post each episode with, yeah. you know, little fun. Our show notes are up there, so you can read them either on your podcast app or on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate your likes, your follows, everything like that. Definitely support us by going to zerosweat.com and using code Sinister at checkout. Um, other than that, you need to leave a review on iTunes. Pretty please. Rating and review just helps us stay relevant. And you can also leave kind words only on our Facebook page. <laughs> so we love to hear from you. Think so? Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.